And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Athletic Baseball Show on the Athletic Podcast Network. Greetings and welcome to Starkville. Baseball Hall of Famer Jason Stark. And then the robot said, strike. That's why you're going in the Hall of Fame. It's an inside the park home run. Doug Gladwell. Mike Chard is coffee. At Starbucks with a double latte, skinny. Doug, are you ready to make some podcast magic? I am ready. Bring on the magic wand. Let's do it. (laughs) Greetings and welcome to Starkville. I'm Jason Stark. I write about baseball for The Athletic. And I am joined once again by my good friend, Writer, broadcaster, professor, distinguished former major leaguer, and the voice, at least this week, of Brewers Diamondbacks postseason baseball on ESPN television, Doug Glanville. Doug, it's October. You appear to be in Milwaukee. Is that correct? (laughs) Yes, by way of many, many cities. Yes, I did make it here. I am in Milwaukee. Um, As far as I know, I've traveled the distance that I should be on Mercury right now, but I'm not. <laughs> yes. I, you know, there's a thing that people have no idea about, and that is how, until yesterday, you did not have a clue <laughs> what city you would be in today when we talked. Is that also correct? That is also correct. Um, <laughs> I did the Diamondbacks Astros Friday, Saturday. I caught a red eye after Saturday. No idea where I was going. So I went home, which is great. See the family and hang out. So I went home. I landed Sunday morning in Hartford, Connecticut. And uh, somewhere as I got off the plane, rumors were flying like where we might go. And then John Chambi, we got confirmation I'd be in Milwaukee. So I was like, okay, cool. But I know there's media day today. When we're recording here on Monday. And I was like, well, I got to get there pretty quickly. So I flew from Phoenix on a red eye through Detroit to Hartford, was home for six hours. And then, of course, there's no nonstop from Hartford to Milwaukee. So I went from, I caught a night flight from Hartford to Charlotte to Milwaukee. So I hit approximately five cities in 24 (laughs) hours, all at their airports, apparently. And uh, made it into Milwaukee at at 12 after midnight. And um, that's it. I even in between, I even bought new (laughs) luggage because, as you know, we travel all the time. My amazing garment bag I've had for 25 years, the wheel just completely fell off. It just said, I'm done. It's like (laughs) when you have it's like when you have a dog and the dog won't get up. He's like, no, no, no. That's it. It's too hot. The it just said, I'm I'm done. I'm retiring after 25 years. I'm Miguel Cabrera. And my wheel fell off. And that's it. So I had to buy a new garment bag in between all that, which I did. And I filled it and I stuffed it. And I'm very proud of it now. So I'm finally in Milwaukee and I'm here. Right. 
Uh, I've so done that with the uh, the suitcase breaking or the work bag breaking or stuff always happens. Uh, and, you know, I don't know how often what you just described happens to people in other lines of work, <laughs> but it happens all the time in our line of work yeah. in October because it's a crazy concept. Where we are today and where we go tomorrow <laughs> is so out of our hands because it depends on the outcome of baseball games <laughs> that we can't control. You remember that year, right? The Giants won in Cincinnati, and they were sitting on the runway of, <laughs> of the airport in Cincinnati, <laughs> not sure whether they're going to the East Coast or the West Coast because it depended on who won the Washington St. Louis game. That was me. <laughs> I was at the Washington St. Louis game, not knowing if I could sleep in that night because I was still going to be in Washington or I was going to have to wake up and fly to San Francisco the next morning on no sleep. And Doug, do you ever think about how bizarre that is, that our fate is controlled by things and people we can't possibly control? (laughs) Well, I mean, every time I try to explain to my wife, that makes it very clear, like, (laughs) what in the world am I doing? Because it's like, well, I don't know, but, you know, so I, I mean, it's and then the well, the travel agency. I mean, they're just it's a nightmare. I mean, you're just thinking about ESPN travel, any of these travel agencies are trying to, and they're like, you have to set all these contingencies. It's like, okay, if the Diamondbacks sweep, then I'm flying here <laughs> to Philly, but if the and it's like, and and you have to create all these contingencies, uh, like hours apart or even days apart. Uh, for all these if-then statements. Then you're always worried like, oh, the flight sold out. I got to find another angle to get there. And I'm like, maybe I take a train. Maybe I, uh, I mean, it's just, uh, I mean, it's absolutely insane. So uh, yeah, so for this series in Milwaukee, I will have a contingency for if someone sweeps or in the next, or if someone doesn't sweep, and then the question is somewhere in there, I'm trying to get home. So that's the other magic, you know, like how do <laughs> you do that? Good luck. Yeah. So it's madness, total madness. Yeah, that's what we love about it, though. All right, enough about us, Doug. October is our favorite month of the baseball year because great things are about to happen. And uh, let's try to look ahead at what we're about to see. Uh, And no better way to do that than to talk to our good friend, our athletic teammate, and frequent Starkville tourist, Ken Rosenthal. Hey, Ken, happy October, or as people like you and me like to refer to it, happy National Sleep Deprivation Month. Jason, I believe you coined that phrase. And of all the great things you've said and written over the years, that might be the most accurate. It is way too accurate. So enjoy tonight because the sleeping all disappears very soon. Uh, Look, we just had a, a, a wild final weekend of the season. And especially in the AL West, uh, a race that I know you got to witness up close over the weekend. This was a month. Look this up the other day. We had three different teams in that division in first place. That had only happened in two other divisions in the last 40 years, right? So just a few days ago, the Astros were in danger of not making the playoffs at all. Now here we are. The dust has settled. They're in first place. They've got a bye. The Rangers just had to make that convenient flight from Seattle to Tampa. So uh, let's start there. Ken, how surprised were you that it ended up that way? Astros in first place, Rangers playing a wild card series 
at the drop and Mariners going home. Very surprised. And Jason, go back to June 23rd. At that point, the Rangers had a six and a half game lead over the Astros. Six and a half. That's not inconsequential. Going into the final weekend, the Rangers led by two and a half games. They had a four game series in Seattle. The Rangers had, I'm sorry, the Astros had a three game series in Arizona. Okay. Two and a half games. What had to happen for the Astros (laughs) did happen. The Rangers lost three or four. The Astros swept the Diamondbacks, and hello, the Astros are back. And they are obviously a team that is battle-tested most postseason games played since 2015. And it just goes to show again, Doug, and I know you feel this as a former player, certain teams just have it. They know how to win at the proper time. And until proven otherwise, the Astros are still that team. Yeah, I agree. Doug, you agree? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the pitching was a separator, and – you know, a lot of teams could use the excuse like, hey, we lost half our rotation or guys went down. It's pretty much been a storyline this year. But they just they found ways to mix and match. Jose Urquidy throws this great game against the Diamondbacks. And I think the confidence was there when we talked to the Astros before the third game of the season, the, the second game of the series against the D-backs. And they were like, well, we're not going to celebrate today. Okay, we're going to wait till we win the division. <laughs> so, so they were just waiting. And, uh, uh, but, I, you know, I, I think they were the, the most familiar, you said, battle-tested team. Uh, and the Rangers just kind of could not hold on. Yeah, I actually had some reservations about the Astros over the long haul in this tournament. But, Doug, you just hit on this. They went into Arizona on a mission. Right, the, you saw by the the way they approached Sunday versus how the Diamondbacks approached it. Um, they were on a mission to sweep that team and win that division if there was any chance. And I I really admire that because we we saw the opposite of that Sunday. I had a couple teams that I felt like were almost trying to pick their opponent, uh, but we we don't have to go down that road. I, I I'd like to look ahead at this wild card round because it starts Tuesday, right? We have Rangers Rays and Blue Jays Twins in the AL. Marlins Phillies, Diamondbacks Brewers in the NL where Doug is. Um, Let me ask both of you guys. Uh, We'll start in the AL. Which lower seed do you think is most likely to pull an upset? It'll be Rangers over Rays, Blue Jays over Twins, both or neither? Ken, who you got? I would say neither, but if I had to pick one more likely to pull an upset, I'd actually go with the Blue Jays. And I've been highly critical of the Blue Jays in recent weeks. I called them Paper Tigers after they got swept at home <laughs> by the Rangers mid-September. But their front three, Kevin Gossman, Chris Bassett, Jose Barrios, might be as good as any in this tournament. Now, Minnesota has a very good three as well, Lopez, Gray, and Joe Ryan. But if the Blue Jays ever put it together, their bullpen is also excellent. They have a chance to do some big things in this tournament. I don't necessarily expect them to do that, but the potential is there. What about you? Well, I mean, I'll go with the Rangers just because either one's probably the right answer. <laughs> um, I mean, look, Texas was in first place. <laughs> they, they like, fell off of a cliff the last day of the season and ended up in the wildcard chair. But, you know, they're a team that looked like they could easily be seen as a division winner. And, and so they can flat-out hit. I mean, these, these guys can hit. If you throw Corey Seager any first pitch, 
uh, it's it's out of the ballpark. I mean, I, I love looking at Seager's numbers where he hit 300 against every single pitch known to baseball the entire season. <laughs> and the only one he didn't hit 300, he was 0 for 1 against the forkball. That's it. That's the only one he didn't hit over. Th- I mean, <laughs> ridiculous. Amazing. So they just bum rush you, man. They, they come at you. Uh, they are hardcore, and so yeah. If the Rays don't pitch their game, they're gonna get they're gonna get beat down because they just these guys can score a lot of runs. Uh, of course, the t- that team that can flat out hit scored no runs <laughs> the yeah. last day of the season, and the reward for that was they had to fly from Seattle to Tampa instead of uh, having a bye. I I didn't like the way they approached that last weekend. I, I think they're going to be in shock that they're even in Tampa. So I, I love the Blue Jays, actually, in this round. If you remember, we had Dan Schulman and Buck Martinez on a couple weeks ago. Maybe you remember this, Doug. I told them the Jays were way better off losing <laughs> and being the third wild card than being the second wild card. <laughs> Why? Because it got them out of the AL East invitational side <laughs> of the draw. Um, remember this. They were 10 games under 500 against the AL East this year. 26 over against everyone else. So I, I really like their path on this side of that AL draw. Uh, okay, let's do the National League. Uh, which lower seed has the best shot at an upset in this round in the NL? Doug, Marlins over Phillies, D-backs over Brewers, both or neither? <laughs> oh, I feel kind of neitherous in this one. I mean... Uh, the Brewers pitching is ridiculous, and uh, you know they don't have a, a lot of offense. Uh, the the D backs, you know, if there's anything to say about like finishing strong, they just got annihilated at their own ballpark. And mostly, you know, a strength of theirs with you know Kelly and Gallon is their pitching, and they got outpitched. You know, so that that's concerning. Their, their offense looked like it could sort of evaporate at any given time, and they're a young team. They're ups and downs. Uh, so I think they're they they're kind of limping in here a little bit, um, and and so you know you look at that and you say well you know I don't know D backs are going to struggle and the Marlins on the other hand I mean look that's a great story you know I know Jeter didn't Jeter like kind of like say I'm done with these guys and then they turn around and and win uh, whatever incre- happened there yeah I don't know what happened yeah well, I don't want to throw falsehoods out there but um, but yeah but the Phillies I mean how many starters they have seven eight nine I don't even know but they. They're just loaded. They're offensively explosive. They're poised to make the kind of run they made last year. Ken, what about you? I'm tempted to say neither as well, but I kind of want to pay tribute to the Marlins because what they've done is absolutely amazing. Now, I know they only have 84 wins. It might have been 85, if not for the suspended game. But they went down the stretch without Alcantara and Perez, two of their best starters. Maybe their two best starters. They were 26th in the majors in runs scored, a bottom five offense. And yet they did amazing things in one run games. I think it was 33 and 13. They outperformed their run differential. They did all these things that we always think teams can't do. So give them a lot of credit. I don't expect them to beat the Phillies, of course, but I can envision them giving the Phillies a hard time. They won the season series and they are this plucky we don't care kind of team (laughs) and it's not like the diamondbacks who are kind of young they marlins have a few veterans and i can just see them maybe being a problem i don't expect them to win but maybe they're a problem 
Yeah, you know, one more reason I think the Marlins are really dangerous against the Phillies is all of their left-handed pitching matching up with all of those left-handed bats on the Phillies. I would watch for that. <laughs> the other thing is Skip Schumacher has upset the Phillies' DNA from 2011, the, the Halliday Carpenter game, so don't forget that. But I don't think they're the answer. I actually picked the Diamondbacks to beat the Brewers. Uh, I mean, think about it. If the if the Diamondbacks steal game one, then they've got Zach Allen and Merrill Kelly lined up to pitch games two and three. And the other thing is the Brewers really struggle to control the running game. They only this threw out true. 16% of opposing base stealers this year. They only threw out 20 base stealers the whole season. Um, I feel like that is made to order for Arizona. Uh, I also mentioned this. I, I have this feeling the Diamondbacks wanted to play them as opposed to the Phillies. You know, just based on the way they handled their pitching and their lineup in that game against Houston on Sunday, I like I might be reading that wrong, but at the very least, they, they told you by how they approached that game. They don't mind this matchup at all. Uh, okay, next category. If you remember last October, it was a disaster for the higher seeds, at least in the National League, right? So the team with the home field advantage didn't win a single series in the National League. So of the four teams with the buys... So Braves, Dodgers in the NL, Orioles, Astros in the AL. Which one do you think has the best chance of getting upset and not even reaching the LCS? Ken, you can take this. Wow, that's a tough question. Right? I have to go with the Orioles. And even though they're the best team in the American League, best record in the American League, they had a remarkable season, they are a youngish team. And they haven't been on this stage. And my fear for them is that they get the Astros. Now, the Astros obviously are the opposite of that. They've been there. We talked about this. And the Orioles have done well without Felix Bautista. I believe their bullpen, since his injury, ranks eighth in ERA in the majors, which is quite respectable, quite good. But I wonder in the postseason if that comes back to bite them a little bit. And... It will be Bradish's first postseason. It will be Grayson Rodriguez's first postseason. They have a unique way about them, and they have a resilience that is kind of amazing. 91 straight series without getting swept. That's an incredible feat. But if you're asking me which of those teams has the best chance of getting upset, yes, I would say Baltimore. Ooh. Doug, what about you? Well, I mean, I, I just have to go off the grid totally here. I'm just going to pick the Atlanta Braves. I know it's just like oh, – oh. um, you know, because I'm sitting there and looking at them and even the Dodgers, and I'm like, who is their starting rotation? Who's their, who's their pitchers? Um, yeah, they, you know, you, you brick and mortar, you glue it together a little bit, and I know you can do bullpen games and, and mix and match, so I, I, we know that they're phenomenal. But I think because it's the Braves, that it would be the biggest upset. And by the way, they might have to deal with the Phillies, who, who knocked them off last year, who's really good. And they, have more, they actually have more pitching depth on the rotation side. So, you know... That's that's what I'm worried about. These teams that have won all these games, I'm like the Dodgers. Like who who's their rotation? They, you know, you, you can't really name that third starter as as easily. It doesn't roll off the tongue. People are hurt. Max Fried's gone down. Morton, you know. So I'm just gonna throw that out there as like a possibility, especially since they're dealing with the Phillies on their side. One thing on that, guys, yeah. I think it's worth mentioning: the schedule, the National League Division Series 
off day after game one, right. off day after game two, off day after game four. So for the Braves, they can go Strider and Freed, admittedly Freed coming off this blister, in four of the five games. And the Dodgers, they'll have their bullpen in order because they get a day of rest every other day, it seems like. So, Doug, I'm with you. I have concern about the Braves and their rotation because Max Freed's coming back, but we don't know what he's going to be coming back. He's going to be like on 17 days rest. But yeah. their position is the schedule should help. Um, you know, I, I, I've been thinking about this. Like we always start by analyzing baseball by talking about who's pitching tonight, you know, who, who's starting tonight. And it feels like the way the game is evolving, especially in October, it's not played that way anymore. Um, so I almost said the Dodgers here for the reason that you just expressed, but I'm actually going the other way. I'm going with the Astros. You know, home field has been anything but an advantage for them this year. That's one thing. Uh, I know how dangerous it is to ever bet against that team, but I feel like this is the least dependable, least deep pitching staff that they've brought to the tournament in a long time. I mean, only the Rangers had a higher ERA of the AL playoff teams. I kind of like the Blue Jays to upset them. Um, I guess I should mention, though, that I'm always wrong about this stuff. When I was at ESPN, I used to write a column every year as the postseason was starting, <laughs> predicting what team was going to win the World Series. And as soon as it would publish, my friends would text me with one word, doomed. <laughs> if I picked that team, it was clearly doomed. So the uh, the Astros, Blue Jays, I just picked the Blue Jays, they're doomed, right? <laughs> doomed. Um, all right, we'll make our World Series picks in a few minutes, but uh, let, let's Go a little more big picture. Um, here's a fun topic, especially when you have Ken Rosenthal on your podcast. Which free agent pitcher has the most at stake this October? Is it Aaron Nola, Sonny Gray, Jack Flaherty, or Lance Lynn? Um, I, I know this probably seems obvious, but Ken, it's right up your alley. What's your vote? Slam dunk Nola. And he has had an interesting season, to say the least. Hasn't been one of his best seasons. And I saw them in early September. I believe this was in Milwaukee. And I asked him to describe his season, and he said, inconsistent, up and down, a grind. Next three starts were horrible. Then he came back. Final two starts of the regular season were good. And he looked like Aaron Nola again. Now, if you go back to last postseason, first two series, brilliant. Next two series, not so good. So here's a guy that's coming off not a great year. And if he has a poor postseason, you're going to see a lot of questions raised about just who Aaron Nola is going to be going forward. He's been one of the most durable pitchers in baseball for a long time now. And there's a lot to recommend about Aaron Nola, Jason. I don't need to tell you how good he has been. But if you're asking who has the most to lose, Sonny Gray's a little bit older, so he's going to be what he is on the market. I just see Nola being problematic if he does not pitch well. Yeah, before I go to Doug, um, you know, he look, he's looking for $200 million plus in that next contract, and he doesn't really fit the mold of no. any of the $200 million pitchers who are all Cy Young kind of guys or World Series heroes. And um, this is his chance obviously to show what he can be at his best doug who's your pick Whew. well i'm gonna go with jack flaherty 
And I'm just saying, that, is this guy healthy? Is he right? Is he the guy that throws 98? You know, who is this guy? <laughs> um, and, and Baltimore, you know, he could literally, if he finds that form, he could be the story, the pitching story of the postseason because he's going to take the baby birds and like put them back in the nest or teach them how to fly or whatever you want to say. Uh, <laughs> this guy, you know, has that kind of stuff. But, you know, will we see it? Uh, and I think and it's a game changer for what will happen to him, you know, going forward. I don't know ex- ex- his exact contract status, but this could cement him in being healthy and prime time. Uh, I think Nola is a guy that, okay, he doesn't get 220, but he gets 175. Someone's paying Nola. Someone's paying him because this guy is a horse. He's out there doing, uh, you know, the durability. He's, he's willing to go deep. And, um, you know, you look at the teams that I, we just talked about, the Braves, the, their rotations in shambles, the Astros, all these rotations are in shambles. So that's why, you know, Nola will have a home if, as long as he's healthy <laughs> through the playoff. <laughs> um, Flaherty, yeah, he's employable. Yeah, Fla- yeah, Flaherty is like, I think he can change a lot about his future here. You know, I was sure you guys were both going to pick Nola, so I was going to take Jack Flaherty. Um, you know, he's had an interesting ride, right? He was Bound for stardom, then I don't know what exactly he is right now. He's hitting free agency at 28, turns 28 this month. Uh, he's going to be in the bullpen for that team. They have all that bullpen uncertainty now uh, because of the injury to Batista. It creates an opportunity for Jack Flaherty to step up and remind people how talented he is. Um, it's funny, like Aaron Nola, just, he's, he's the, the clear choice, and yet... There's something about Jack Flaherty who is a just makes him a really intriguing figure, at least to me. Um, you know what, guys? Though, yeah, Jason, I want to make one point sure. here. In a way, his value has already been compromised. I'm not sure this guy's going to start a game in the postseason, right? No, I probably won't. We, Bradish, Rodriguez, John Means has been great yeah. since coming back from Tommy John surgery. Then there's Dean Kramer, who's been pretty good for them all year. So you're right; he's going to have to do this out of the bullpen. Good luck. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's great, yeah. but I don't see it. Yeah, he's a, he's a really interesting person to watch as we go through this. Well, you know, someone's okay. gonna, someone's going to slip down the stairs. I mean, you know that's going to happen, and it's going to be on Starkville, and then Flaherty's <laughs> going to step in. So, well, that happens. Ball bets are off. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, all right, last day of the season, we saw some really cool farewells. Uh, Miggy getting that ball hit to him at first base was incredible. Adam Wainwright pinch hitting. Uh, Zach Greinke, all right, he went to the mound, 1-15. He was my co 
AL Cy Young, and he beat the Yankees, of course. Brandon Crawford, I, I, I felt something when he trotted off the field in San Francisco, just ended a really special era for that team. Uh, we had Terry Francona, I, I guess not so much Sunday, but all the emotion of his final day in Cleveland. He was our guest last week in Starkville. I guess we should include Buck Showalter, the cool ovation that he got in New York after uh, the Mets basically decided he should announce his own firing or whatever that was. Okay, And then, of course, Joey Votto getting ejected from what could be the final game of his career, although I actually don't think it will be. Uh, Doug, what was your favorite of that group? Oh, wow. I mean... It- I mean, it's every year. It's it's like impossible to pick because you just realize these eras end, and and then you start looking at your your sort of experience through that era. You know, whatever whether Miggy, you know, being a rookie and and when I was playing, you know, with the Phillies and right. all the years, this guy is just so incredible. But um, I mean, I like Tito because you know that that's the story that I really have a lot of intersection around. You know, the fact that he was my manager in Philadelphia and just who he was as a manager, as a person, and just the way he brought joy to the game and laughter and just appreciation of just playing hard and showing up on time. You know, he had this nice mix of professionalism and seriousness about the craft with just like, don't forget to love this game and enjoy it. And and I think, you know, he tried to kind of be low-key about it this year so he didn't get quite the farewell tour. But at the same time, you know, Cleveland and all these other towns – that he touched with Boston and Philadelphia, just remember what he, he brought to those th- those communities. So, you know, Terry will always be close to me and someone I kept in touch with in the off season, which means a lot when you're playing, you know, to talk to your manager. And, and um, you know, it was fitting just how he received this tribute. I'm, I'm just looking forward to what he's going to do next because I didn't know if there was going to be a next. I thought it was all baseball. And I think he's, he's like taking time off to give that reflection and uh, so I'm excited to see what his next chapter looks like. Very good. Ken, do you have a favorite? I loved all of them. <laughs> and the thing that separates baseball from other sports are days like that, when you see so many great players bid farewell, some future Hall of Famers. It's just unlike anything you see in the NFL or the NBA. It, not, it doesn't happen in that, those leagues. Those leagues are fun in their own right, but that's what makes our sport so special. If I had to pick a favorite, I would have to say Miggy, because I love it when a player runs out on the field alone. Remember Mariano Rivera did that in the All-Star game in New York? Everyone held back. I think that is the coolest thing because it's the best way to honor a player. He's on the field alone. He is basking in the adulation. It's great. And then the ball hit him that just capped it all off. (laughs) He is the guy that his final year could have been a problem, right? He wasn't going to play that much. It was a little bit of an odd situation in Detroit, but he handled it great. A.J. Hinch handled it great, and they all deserve a lot of credit for the way this all was put together this weekend. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, The Tigers and A.J., they just got it. They knew exactly how to orchestrate that moment and those emotions. But who wrote the part of the script where the last ball of his career was hit to him? That was wild, right? But, okay, my favorite, Adam Wainwright. If you remember (laughs) when he was a guest here, what was that? Was that spring Spring training? training, We promised him that we would campaign for him to get to the plate. Okay? (laughs) It turned out he got there twice. So, uh, of course, this morning I looked this up. Of course I did. 
over the last <laughs> four seasons, you know the only other pitcher to pinch hit twice in the same series? You would, you guys will not guess this. I'll just tell you. John Lester was the answer when he was with the Nationals uh, back-to-back days in 2021. Wouldn't have guessed that, but Adam Wainwright just brought... Doug, I know you've, you've used the word joy multiple times. The joy that Adam Wainwright brought to the sport for all those years, but especially to those two at-bats, it was classic. <laughs> All right, uh, don't forget Votto, Jace. Don't forget Votto. That was so on brand. Oh my god, that was so good. Right, and then he's, he's he's posting he posting that he was yeah. wrong during the game. <laughs> he, he's the best. Um, all right, we have a topic, Ken. This is special request of Doug Glanville, and that topic is celebrations. Um, we've got all these wild card spots now, and. Like the last week, it felt like nobody knew when to celebrate. (laughs) Okay, the Astros and Diamondbacks on Saturday, they both clinched on the same day on the same field. The Astros won the game and didn't celebrate, or barely celebrated. The Diamondbacks lost, and they all jumped into the pool. So, so Doug, you go first. Um, Oh, my goodness. uh, Fill in in the blank. The right time to celebrate is... Blank. Always. Every chance you get. <laughs> Every chance you get. I mean, look, I had a whole career, and we I only made the postseason after getting traded to the Cubs and finally, you know, making it. We won the division, and we finally beat the Braves. And it's like... No, I'm celebrating every second I can because it doesn't come around. Sometimes never it comes around. So I'm just like wild card. I'm celebrating. I got a hit off of, you know, Jason Marquis after never hitting a ball at Atlanta. I don't care. Like I want a party. And, uh, and, and when you do it, I remember the, the line with the Cubs when we, we, we celebrated after winning the division. And we were talking about it. And he was like, wow, this is what everybody's been doing on all these winning teams year in after year out, like Jeter and all these guys. And then you realize that it never gets old. It never gets old. So I don't know. It, you know, Part of it, to me, it connects to like the instant replay concept, right? It's like, guy hits a walk-off home run, fair or foul. Do I celebrate? I, I come home. I step on home. I'm looking at the monitor. It's like all these <laughs> interrupted moments of enjoyment. I know we have the technology, but how many times do we see that? Like, the, it's a walk off, but the guy might be out. So you know, we saw that with Evan Longoria against the Cubs. We're like, uh, do, do we? You know, so it's like, you know what? Just party, man. You know, just do it. <laughs> I don't care what it's for because there's someone on that team that had never been in that position before. I know the Astros. It's fine. You've won. They they decided to wait until they clinched, which was bold. But it's like there's a guy on that team that may have never had this experience, and and all of a sudden you get knocked out. You know even after the first round, then then you might have lost an opportunity. So anyway, my thing is party, party, party. Celebrate every <laughs> second you can because it doesn't it doesn't last that long. As we just described, Wainwright, Cabrera, all these guys, they're like 40 years old. There's young guys and they're done. They're done. So enjoy it. Uh, I love I love the way Doug put it, yeah. honestly. And I would just add that the game is so hard. These guys work all year long, starting in February, to get to October. And it's a grind. They play almost every day. And there are ups and downs in this sport that can confound players, drive them a little nuts. 
because they're hard to explain. Jason explains them better than anyone every week. And he can't always explain them. Can't figure this stuff out. So I was with the Rangers on Saturday when they clinched the postseason berth. And it was a curious situation because like the Astros, they had not clinched the division. But the Rangers, unlike the Astros, had not been to the playoffs since 2016. Boji told them after the game, you celebrate. This is an accomplishment. We had a hard year, like all teams have hard years. And we had some things go against us, and yet we still got there. Celebrate. And they went nuts in the clubhouse a little bit, but that was it. And after that, they watched the game that the Astros were playing against the Diamondbacks, which was a little bit behind theirs. And it was an afternoon game, so I assume they basically went back and got ready for the next day. And I know some fans would say, oh, they should have waited. But you know what? If they had lost the next day the way they did and it ended up the way they did, it would have been a hollow celebration. <laughs> so I'm with Doug. You have to celebrate when you get the chance. You don't get carried away in that situation. And they didn't. But the game's too hard. You have to, as Roland Heeman used to say all the time, and I loved Roland, and he was one of the great executives in our game, and he said you have to enjoy the moment. And those are words to live by. Enjoy the moment. Okay, I agree with both you guys. Celebrate whenever the hell you want to celebrate. <laughs> Season's a slog. So have fun. Enjoy it when you win. All celebrations are approved by me, Doug, and Ken. I only have one request. Don't pour champagne on my head when you celebrate or on Ken Rosenthal's head. Got it? I've ruined a few suits. <laughs> Actually, I haven't ruined them. Players have Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've been there. Uh, all right, one more before we do our World Series picks. Uh, managers. Gabe Kapler fired last week. Uh, Buck Showalter basically told to quit. Terry Francona retired. Um, I'm assuming there'll be more. Uh, so before we weigh in on what's the best job available, Ken, how many other teams do you think we're looking at changing managers? Uh, of course, it's possible by the time you're hearing this in this podcast, this has already happened. But ignore that part. Mm -hmm. Ken, what do you think? San Diego certainly is possible. Yeah. There's great tension between Bob Melvin and the general manager, A.J. Preller. I don't know how it's going to resolve. And it always seems like, Jason, there's one that we don't necessarily anticipate. Mike Schilt a few years back. I don't know that it's going to happen, but the availability of Craig Council and the possibility that he might leave the Brewers as a free agent creates some interesting scenarios. Now, the obvious one is New York, right, with the Mets, because David Stearns is there now. But if you're a team and Craig Council is out there, maybe you're looking at your own manager and saying, hmm, I can maybe do better with Council. So yeah. I don't know how many more there will be, but I would expect there are going to be a few more changes, yes. All right, so what's the best job? Uh, Doug, I'll start with you. You you interviewed for a, a manager <laughs> job once upon a time. Yeah, I well, I'm I'm just, I don't know. I mean, San Diego, <laughs> if Melvin is not there, it does seem like that is really tense. And, uh, I mean, I saw it was his post-game in, the, like, the last series. It was like, it was like okay, he's not too happy here. Um <laughs> You know, so, I mean, San Diego, what a great job. You have all these talented players. You're in San Diego, um, if that opens up. That's right. I mean, I'm, I'm wondering, I guess I'd, to pose into Ken, like, I mean, the Yankees, is Booney safe? Is Like, what what do you think is out there? I mean, I, I made a short list, and so far I've actually been right. <laughs> so, um, And on two situations, I, I said, well, Kapler might be gone. I think Buck is done. Um, and I not, not based on talking to them, I just sort of sensed that, you know, watching their – you know, interviewing them the last series, I was like, whoa, this is heavy in here. 
but yeah, any anything like with Boone or Yankees, what are you, what are your thoughts there? The expectation is Boone is going to come yeah. back, but until it's done, you have that uncertainty. So you saw the Giants move on from Kapler less than a month, I believe, after their chairman Greg Johnson said that he would be back with Farhan Zaidi. So you never know in these situations. And Obviously, Boone has had a good run in many ways, but there's a lot of frustration with the Yankees among their fans. A lot. It's kind of similar to what Kapler was experiencing in San Francisco. Much different circumstances. And in both cases, I would say that the president of baseball operations, general manager, is more responsible for what happened to those teams than the managers were. But sometimes you see momentum with these things, too. And we've seen two already, and that can lead to others. So... I would expect Boone is safe, but I'm not sure of it. All right. So of the ones that we're, we know or are pretty sure of, what's the best job? Uh, Doug danced away from that. So can, <laughs> you can tell well, us. San Diego. <laughs> he said San Diego. Yeah. Available. I actually the Mets. Mets because they have gone into this little transition. They built up their farm system, basically bought a new farm system mm-hmm. by trading Verland Scherzer. And it seems to me that with David Stearns coming in, they're going to have resources, of course, with Steve Cohen as their owner. And that's going to be an intriguing situation. They might not be great in 2024. They've basically signaled that. But 25, 26, 27 going forward, they've got a chance to be really special. So I would say that's a pretty good job to walk into for sure. San Francisco, it's the age-old question we've had there for a few years now. What's their identity? Who is going to be their centerpiece, their star? They have not been able to get one in free agency, right? And they certainly tried last offseason with Judge and then Correa. But maybe now they have to get out of their comfort zone a little bit, trade some prospects to get a big-time player if you're struggling to get players in free agency. And it seems that that's a place guys are not so willing to go so easily anymore. Yeah, it's an interesting one to watch. Uh, You know, I think I'm tempted to pick Cleveland and that would be for the same reasons that it's been such a great spot for Terry Francona the last 11 years winnable division right uh, you're working for a smart uh, reasonable inclusive front office I, I just think that's more stable <laughs> than any of the other places that we're talking about so I, that that's my goofy pick all right let's let, let's get this over with we're going to pick the World Series, uh, which we are guaranteed to get wrong. So, uh, Ken, tell us who's going to play in the World Series and who will win. Well, I'll give this two different answers. What I'm going to pick. Wait, what? <laughs> most publications. Right, actually, what I'll pick for our athletic roundtable situation is the Braves. Uh, actually, I haven't even decided who I'll pick them over, but I'll say Braves over Blue Jays just for fun. That is fun. Now, mm-hmm. in my column that's going to appear in The Athletic on Tuesday, I, too, like Jason, like to doom teams. Actually, I don't like to doom teams, <laughs> but I doom teams with my picks. So I'm picking on two fan bases that have given me a hard time <laughs> by picking their teams. And I'm talking about the Orioles, where people are still talking about what I was writing in the Baltimore Sun in the late 90s, ripping. And I'm talking about the Phillies, where their fans are justifiably still on my case for writing that they should have kept Joe Girardi. So Phillies and Orioles is my pick, and now they're doomed, and that's that. Okay, great. Except you just picked four teams. So I think you doomed them all. I know. <laughs> Doug, what do you got? 
Look, I'm going to actually try to be consistent here because they the ESPN poll we always do in spring training, I pick the Braves and the Blue Jays. And since they're still around, I'm going to just stick with it because why not? Anything can happen. Uh, so I just want to be consistent, which sometimes I'm not, but I decided that this time uh, it's possible. So Braves are obviously a great team, even though I think they're the most you know, likely to get upset and uh, of the, the, the top seeds. And the Blue Jays, are. you, you keep looking at these guys, you're like, Where, they don't have really any holes. <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out. Maybe depth is the problem. But I'm just waiting for them. to. There's, there's another gear in Toronto. I don't know what it is. Someone needs to climb that that sea tower or You've something. You've been waiting for it all the, year. The sea tower. I think they just need to parachute someone off the sea tower and then just like, <laughs> and then like change everything. It's sort of like when R.A. Dickey hiked the mountain or Giancarlo Stanton. They had the best years of their careers. That's what they need to do in Toronto. Find the highest mountain, jump off of it, and then they'll be right after that. There's not a lot of mountains in Toronto yeah. that I can recall. <laughs> That's all right. Just pick the seat, then take the tower. There is, there is a tower. There's definitely a tower. All right, I've got Orioles over Braves. I, I know those are the wow. two number one seeds. Um, here's the deal. I honestly feel like people have been looking for every reason not to pick the Orioles, including people in this podcast. Okay, yes. They've got something special going on there. They've got the best record against winning teams in their league. They have the best record in their division. They've got the best road record. I feel like the return of John Means makes the rotation better, more October ready. I've just got a funny feeling about that team. But, of course, you know what that means when I get that feeling. They're doomed. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've doomed them all. Ken, Doug, we have doomed them all. <laughs> okay. But, hey, Doug, you know who's not doomed? That's us. We just got to spend some quality time in Starkville with the ultimate friend of our show, Ken Rosenthal. So, Ken, have a great postseason, my friend. Uh, look forward to our paths crossing. Thank yes. you for fitting us in. Such a busy time. Now, of course, Jason. Thank you. Thanks, Doug. All right. It's that time again. It's time for listener trivia, our way of involving you, our favorite listeners, in this show. So here's my question this week to you, Doug. Um, are, this week, are we adding this to our regular season record, which I believe ranks as our best of all time, or should it count as our first trip to the plate of the postseason? I don't know why I defer to you and stuff like this, but I defer to you on stuff like this. Well, in, in the in the draft, there used to be those sandwich picks. So maybe it's a sandwich pick because we are kind of in the ether right now. We're between the regular season and the postseason. Um, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, well, whenever this airs, it's probably going to be postseason. So I guess it's postseason. We're going to go postseason. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So the pressure's on to go 1-0 and in the postseason. Um, look, before we go on here, I, I want to bring in the mayor of Starkville, Tim McMaster, to sum up exactly what our trivia record has been this year because we want to enjoy that because we're always so bad at it uh let's welcome in now mr mayor uh, i know you've been digging through the starkville bureau of records uh what can you tell us about our inspirational trivia success story so far in 2023 to say this is the best season you've had is just playing it so short i mean the understatement <laughs> right. of 
a decade. So just for some context first, <laughs> last year, you guys were 5-18 and 18 during the season. It doesn't sound that good. 5-18. and 18. Yeah. This year, since opening day, 14-13. and 13. Wow. So it. over 500, which is impressive. But then we can go a little deeper. You had a perfect spring training, <laughs> if you remember back. Four for four. Now, you, we had two episodes before spring training started. Got both of those wrong. So overall, 18 and 15 in 2023. It's our breakout I'll, I'll season, Doug. I'll clap for you guys. Yes. 18 and 15. Those off-season acquisitions, I'm telling you, free agency, it did us well. Uh, for yeah. last year, we fired somebody last year. I don't know who, but we had to fire somebody. Five and eighteen can't uh, can't <laughs> bring them back. Yeah, now we're. I rolling. think you played by tougher rules last year. Mm. I'm just gonna throw that. Yeah, out. we had a devious Glanville cheating scheme. Very subtle this year. Worked out well. Operation but multiple whatever. choice. But yeah. let, let's whatever we're doing. Let's keep it going this October. Okay, uh, we don't have a buy like all the other champions out there. All right. On, on that note, let's bring in this week's special trivia. Guest star uh, dropped this question on us by email last week. We loved it. And it, it's Phil Rios. Phil, welcome to Starkville. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Um, this is your first time here, I believe, right? Um, t- tell us where you're from and what team you root for. A longtime listener, first time caller. I'm Thank from you. Long Beach, California. <laughs> wow. Lifetime Dodger fan and also Long Beach State Dirtbags Baseball. <laughs> okay well, hopefully there won't be any long beach state trivia questions coming here but uh phil it's great to have you here man i think we have a shot at your question so let's hear it now let all the people just bask in the genius of this question okay so in the last 20 <laughs> seasons five pitchers have thrown 300 or more strikeouts in a single season can you name all five pitchers? And of the five pitchers, only one has won a Cy Young in the season. They threw 300 strikeouts. Can you name the one who won a Cy Young? Okay, wow. So that's, Doug, you got this five pitchers in the last 20 seasons who've had a 300 strikeout season. So, hey, my first question is, is this starting with the 2003 season? Starting with the 2003 season, yes. Okay, that's a that's helpful. Um, I think that's that definitely clues us into where we're going with, with the answer. Uh, second question, Phil, are you aware of the Glanville line? Because this question crosses that line. Uh, Doug, I, I alluded to as the devious, subtle cheating scheme. Uh, Doug does not believe that we should be required anymore to answer questions with more than three answers. So you, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get out of the way. I'm going to let you and Doug negotiate how many answers we should need to have this one considered <laughs> correct. Doug, yeah. um, well, yes. you, you two figure this out. Well, I've rebranded the cheating scheme, and it's called Operation Multiple Choice. Um, so just, just for branding purposes. Uh, yeah, so just we, purposes. we just say, okay, there's five. It's hard to get five for five with just five guesses. So we've been able to either add a guess or we – maybe lower the number to get perfect or maybe there's a bonus taking the second part of the question which counts as an answer uh so we'll leave it up to you if there's any wiggle room in there instead of being like five guesses five perfect runs and and no no bandwidth so um i'm open to suggestions do you you know what he's getting at right he wants us to be able to guess 
five pitchers four to, to five. only get four of the five. I something think that's like what you're that, getting at. Or six guesses or, and get five. You know, something like that. Yeah. All right, Phil, what do you what, what do you want us to do? I think you can make six guesses and then eliminate one. I can eliminate one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to guess six to get five. Mm-hmm. All right, out. I think we can do this. Yeah. Um, let's work through it. Um, Garrett Cole, I know, is one. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Uh, Justin Verlander, I think, is a second. Yeah. I'm not 100% certain. I'm, Let us I'm banter. Sure Let though. us banter and get right. it wrong for, in our heads. Yeah, yeah, first. we're going to banter. Right. Yeah, we're bantering. Okay, now, Kurt Schilling and Randy right. Johnson. Okay, well, I, I, let's we're gonna we're gonna get it right. That's what we're gonna do. It's what we always do, right? Okay, so Kurt Schilling and Randy Johnson, they ripped off that stretch of three hundred strikeout seasons as teammates mm-hmm. in Arizona. Doug, I'm just worried. Two thousand two was the last year yes. that they both did it, not two thousand three. That's, a, that's but, well, a tough one. Yeah. Okay, we'll leave that on our list for now. Mm-hmm. Um, two thousand three. Doesn't Kerry Wood have to be one? I, I think he does. Um, Max Scherzer, didn't he have a year with 300 strikeouts? Yeah, I have Scherzer for uh, sure. Basically, sure he did. So that's six really good names. Doug, I'm the sure Kerry you've got Wood. some on your list. Who I you mean, got? I mean, Kerry Wood. I mean, I, I know he had the stuff. I did. Was he healthy enough in a season? Yeah, it was in 2003, man. Oh, three, yeah. That was oh, yeah. amazing. I was there. How do I? I don't know. Um, Pryor didn't have 300 strikeouts? Mark Pryor? Might have. Okay. I don't think he did, though. Yeah, he was really good. Okay, all right. So what do we have here? Scherzer, Cole. Cole, Johnson, Randy, Schilling, Schilling, Wood, Scherzer, Verlander. Wood, Scherzer, Verlander. That's seven? Wait, no, I said, you said Scherzer. I said no, that's six. Scherzer twice. Yeah. Cole, Randy, Schilling, Wood, Scherzer, Verlander. You're supposed to be adding names now? Oh, I thought I was adding names. <laughs> um, CC Sabathia, did he have a... Um, I, I don't think so. Since he didn't have the, the big. When was he traded to the rate. Brewers? When was he traded to the Brewers? Was that 2008. Before? That was he pitched a lot that year. Yeah, he, he pitched a lot that year. And I thought I combined, he might have might have gotten there. Um, Thanks, so. 300 strikeouts. Who's, who's the big strikeout pitcher? Is like oh seven, oh eight. <laughs> so, so you really nine. thought this one through, huh? Yeah, I just I, I draw like I'm trying to think of the. Oh seven. I gave you six names. Um, okay, you want well, me to? Are we missing anybody? Well, wait a minute. We we should that's, always go that's to what like I asked where, you. where this guy is from, where Phil is from. Oh, he has the Dodger hat on. Yeah, I, um, yeah. So is there is there a Dodger in this? Kershaw never did this, did he? Did he do it? Why not? Yeah, can you write three hundred strikeouts? No. Uh, I don't think so. Darren Dreifert. That's uh, a little before our time there. <laughs> no. Um, no. Pedro Martinez. <laughs> Pedro, by 2003, was not that guy. He had, uh, he definitely had multiple 300 strikeout seasons, but that started late 90s. I don't think uh, he did in 2003. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. All right, all right. Well, all right. There's no Dodgers. You're saying? I mean, K- Kershaw. Oh, he must have had 300 strikeouts in a healthy season. All right. All right. So what do we have? What do we have so far? Scherzer. <laughs> Wait. Schilling. All right. Uh, we still have Cole, Randy, Schilling, Wood, Scherzer, Verlander. Did you add any there? I can't remember. Clayton Kershaw. That's my only add. <laughs> you want to add Clay- Kershaw and Pedro. Or, or some Dodger. Yeah. Uh, um, he's tr- I'm sure he's trying to help us out with that hat and 
clue in the sentence think, somehow. Okay, I think Schilling so, did not. So I'm going to guess five. You're going to guess the sixth. Okay. Okay. Go for it. Cole, Randy, Kerry Wood, Scherzer, Verlander, with only Randy Johnson winning. Um, and Doug's going to guess one more. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot the Cy Young clue. That's right. Um, I'm going to just go to Dodger, Clayton Kershaw. Uh, what was the other one we were eliminating? Was there Pedro some... was the other one. No. Maybe. Let's go Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, that's it. Okay. All right. So there, there you go. Um, Phil, any chance we got this right? Okay. I'll first tell you who it was not. Uh, in 2002, Kurt Schilling and Randy Johnson combined for a 300 strikeout season, each of them. Schilling okay. with 316, Johnson right. with 334. Wow. Fortunately, unfortunately, that was not in the last 20 seasons, so they were not part of the correct answer. So Randy Randy wasn't either. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay, neither, so that neither means Verlander was the one who won. Okay, keep going. So the five pitchers, 2015, Clayton Kershaw. Good job, Doug. 2017, Chris Sale. Ah, oh, Sale. Got 2018, Max Scherzer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and then well, 2019, Garrett Cole and Verlander both threw over 300 strikeouts. And in 2019, Justin Verlander won the Cy Young, beating out his teammate at the time, Garrett Cole. All right, okay. so wait a second. So we guessed we, well, Verlander's Cole, like three times. Cole, Max, Verlander, and Kershaw. We got this. We did get this. The only one <laughs> you missed was Chris Sale. I was like, wait a minute. Okay. But this, so, some, wait, wait. I thought you had six guesses to get five. Or wait, we wait, didn't wait. get sale, but we so we guessed wood oh, no. instead of sale. Wait, hold on, let's go. We guess Cole, we guess Max, we guess Verlander, we guess Kershaw. Yeah. We got four out of five. Oh, oh, so we didn't get it right? We always let the guests decide. Phil, I think they got it wrong because I think they needed to get five. That's well, who, what we said. Okay, well who we're missing? You, sale and who? You have the final call it's, on this. It's sale and who we're missing. Just sale. Sale's the only it, one we were missing. As long oh, as you got Clayton yeah, Kershaw on the list, it's a correct answer. Oh, well, there oh, we go. Bro. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I believe Phil just ruled we got this right. I think so. We got Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> we did. Okay. So none of the other ones matter. All right. So that makes our record for the season and postseason. Uh, we're now 19 and 15. Let's go with that, Tim. Here's the good news. Sometimes we get the questions right. Sometimes we get the questions wrong. Sometimes it's not even clear whether we got it right or wrong. But one thing never changes. Everyone is happy to see us get out of the way so we can bring in the mayor, Tim McMaster, to play another fabulous play-by-play clip involving this week's answer. So, Tim, what do you got for us this week? I went with the one that I was the most surprised by just because I can't believe he had a season healthy enough with 300 strikeouts. But Clayton Kershaw, Doug, you nailed it. And here you go. He actually did it on the final day of the season. Doug is with the lead and Upton is behind nothing and two. So you're saying Clayton's got a chance. (laughs) Fans inside Dodger Stadium think so. No balls, two strikes. The pitch to Upton. And with that, 300 strikeouts for Clayton Kershaw, the major league leader. First time he is in the 300 strikeout club. Charlie Steiner on the call. Charlie. Doug, wait, at least pick up on the 
the, the, the Dodgers cap as the <laughs> ultimate clue. Hey, Phil, love your question, man. Great work on that. Uh, thanks for visiting us here in Starkville, and please come back again sometime. Great talking to you guys. Love the podcast. Keep it up. Thank thanks, you, Phil. Pleasure. All right, just remember, you too can be part of these trivia segments, just like Phil. We'll tell you how in just a few minutes. Are you struggling to close deals? B2B selling is tougher than ever, and that's why I want to tell you about LinkedIn Sales Navigator. One more great product from LinkedIn. You're there to network, you're there to look for jobs, you're there to post jobs, and how about LinkedIn Sales Navigator? It's a sales intelligence platform that helps professionals effectively prospect and engage high-value customers, drive higher revenue, and increase sales performance. Sales Navigator helps you target the right buyers, surface key signals such as job changes or which accounts you should prioritize and shows you hidden allies so you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. Fueled by LinkedIn's 1 billion member platform, Sales Navigator gives you the most up-to-date first-party data enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash baseball show. That is linkedin.com slash baseball show for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash baseball show and get started. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort, but it's possible to have it both ways. I'm all set for summer thanks to Mack Weldon. The Vesper polo shirt is so breathable you can wear it on the golf course, but it looks classy enough to wear to a party. The Maverick Tech Chino short is ultra flexible, and the Pima Crew Neck T-shirt is perfect for those casual weekends. There's no need to be uncomfortable in your clothing ever again. Some guys just want to look good without calling attention to themselves. Mack Weldon Apparel gives you understated good looks for understated confidence. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of modern life. They look like regular clothes but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Breathable underwear that keeps you cool, dry, and comfy all day. Crazy comfortable but elevated sweatpants. An upgraded classic polo with antimicrobial silver threads. An ultra soft antimicrobial tee for when you need to stay fresh longer. That's the Silver Crew Neck T-shirt. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with promo code MLBSHOW. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. Promo code MLB Show. Strange but true. All right, one last time this season. It's our ever popular Strange but True segment. And uh, boy, did we have a lot of great ones to choose from this week. But um, when we kicked it around this morning, we decided there was really only one choice. Here we go. Two weekends ago, the Brewers clinched their spot in this postseason. And who got the final out on the mound when they did? Uh, was it their closer, Devin Williams? No. Was it one of their aces going the distance like Corbin Burns? Nope. It was not him. Uh, let, let, let's listen because it was this guy. Brewers going with a position player to finish this one out. Telez, a dream come true. And he struck him out. High cheese. Keep that ball. <laughs> Look Keep at the Save that ball for sure. That's a pop-up. 
And this should do it. Rowdy Telez ERA is a zero. And the Brewers have secured a spot in the postseason. That is so good, Brian Anderson. Oh, just my God. Framing it. That was oh. Rowdy Telez making his first career trip to the mound in the game where his team clinched its spot in the postseason. Oh Doug, I ask you, how tremendous was this? Uh, it is so Starkvillian. I, I don't even know what words we <laughs> yes. could put to this. I mean, you, well, first of all, I think they love his name. You know, when you have a name Rowdy Telez, I think they had their WWE hat coming on, and they said, you know what, how do we make this next level? Uh, like the rock entering the, the building. They just needed, like, something special. They said, oh, we're up by 15 runs. Like, what can we do to spice this up? Um, that would have been perfect if you had, like, Miguel Cabrera or, or uh, you know, someone who's retiring at the end of the year, Adam Wainwright. I think you just throw him out there in those situations. They should have saved that. Is anybody retiring for the Brewers that, you know, I don't know, Prince Fielder, you know, bring someone back. I, I think if you really want to go next level on that, if you're up by 15 runs, it was 15 runs, right? Um, 16 to 1. If you're up 15 runs, I think the league should give you a, a special provision, a pass, that you can put anybody on the mound you want. Okay? You Any, can. Anybody. <laughs> Um, you know, just to, wait. Just, just you mean like pull somebody out of the stands like they do in hockey? Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you honor Bob Euchre, for example, in that moment and have Euchre go out there and throw a pitch <laughs> and just like so that way you're bringing all the history together <laughs> in one moment. You have a 15 run lead, uh, so I think they just they. I think I like how they were thinking. They just need to think a little bigger. And uh, maybe <laughs> Bernie Brewer is an option. Bernie Brewer would be an option. So, yes. I, if we're he just might going, not be sober. He may not be sober, but that, that's in the tradition of the Brewers. Okay, so I... So I they just now, slide down the slide and, and land on the mound? Absolutely. They extend the, the slide <laughs> since I've been down the slide. Okay. And you extend it. And look, and then you have everybody like bowling pins. And then you, you know, everybody has like those old ale jugs and, and mugs. Uh, you can't drink it during a game, however. And... Um, yeah, but that's okay. 16 to 1. I think if, if I had that honor, that would be really cool to throw the pitch that clinches the division and wins it all. I love that. It's just that they, they just didn't think big enough. Don't think players and people actually on your roster. That's my point. Okay. It's a, it's a fun point. Yeah, okay, so it was 16 to 1, as Doug alluded. So it wasn't that pressure-packed. But it's in the books. Uh, as you heard Brian Anderson describe, he struck out an actual living hitter on the Marlins, <laughs> Jesus Sanchez. Umpire lost track of the count. There were already four balls. He should have walked them, but whatever. It counts as a strikeout. So uh, what do you need to know, since this is the strange but true segment? Uh, first thing, Adam McAlvey covers the Brewers for MLB.com, does a great job. He listed all the pitchers who have closed a clincher for the Brewers, yeah. right? <laughs> Raleigh Fingers is on that list. CC Sabathia on the list. Yeah. Josh Hader, of course, on the list. And now, obviously, yes. Roddy Telez mm -hmm. also joins the list. So that's the first thing. Second thing, big question for us, how many position players have ever done that? Thrown the last pitch in a game that clinched any kind of postseason position for their team? Yeah. Obviously, that answer also is none. Ugh. Roddy Telez is the only one on that list. And those two things are plenty to get us through this segment. But, Doug, there's a third bonus thing I want to bring up because mm. he had some competition 
on the last day of the season. Ooh. So the Twins are a playoff team. Yes. They'd already clinched. Ooh. But Sunday, last day of the season, you know who they're losing pitcher was mm. the answer would be not a pitcher oh. <laughs> it was jordan liplo uh it's 11th inning they didn't want to use any more real pitchers so mm-hmm. 11th inning zombie runner on base in he comes and what did he do doug he wild pitched in the winning <laughs> run without ever even facing a hitter so like this is so this is so up your alley okay so it was a a runner who shouldn't have been there in the first place, <laughs> wild pitched in to score the run that ends the season by a pitcher who should never have been there in the first place. <laughs> he was so good. The guy ends the season without ever facing a hitter. Uh, all right, so That's beautiful. Uh, I, I, I looked this up too. 162-game era, no position player had ever gotten the loss in his team's final game of the season <laughs> and and doug you, you started by saying this is like the this is the most stark villain thing ever because we've had so much fun on this show talking about position players pitching i even got a trophy out of it once we had a stupid <laughs> podcast bet which i won so i got a trophy but the trophy was broken, broken. when it arrived in the mail i think i've mentioned that a few thousand times uh, anyway we had 115 position players pitched this year, not counting Otani. One fifteen. Yeah, we need to so bring Doug, back. We need to bring this back. By the way, this annual bet. The, the bet we could, yeah. but it's like it's way out of control now. It's a lot yeah. to keep track of. Yeah. I just wanted to check with you to make sure: is it still fun when these guys pitch? Oh yeah. I mean, this is we have to keep something from the fact that the DH is here forever. All, like you, you, everybody wants to see. That moment of like, oh, I remember when I was a high school pitcher and I could kind of get out there. I, I, we need that. That's what baseball always had. Like, there's no way I'm going in some NFL game saying, hey, let me, let me block, you know, let me block like Reggie White or someone back in the day. You know, <laughs> like it's not happening, right? But in baseball, you, well, first of all, like fans always. I, I still hear this to the day. Yeah, man, I was a really good high school player, and you know, I hurt my arm in in college, and you know, everybody feels so close to baseball in the sense of not only the like the the family sensibility, but the fact that they could have done it. They were they had done it. They played because if you play baseball at a high school level, you played a lot of games. You know, this is not like once a week or something. You're out there, so I, I like that accessibility, and nothing brings that access to to the forefront more than uh, pitcher hitting a position player pitching, and you're going like, oh, okay, it's just something that endears the game. And we're, we're, we don't have any of that left except for this, right? And, and, <laughs> and there, there's all kind of rules to even limit this now. So uh, I yeah. think you want to enjoy it. And, and, you know, I remember when we were texting about it, I, I don't know what, is it Sesame Street? The one of these things is not like the other, or is that electric right. company? Okay, Sesame Street. And, you know, I told you, I, I mentioned that, look, I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction for my favorite band, Daryl Hall and John Oates, they get in. And of course, it's a, a wonderful list. Nirvana gets in. Uh, you know, I think it was Linda Ronstadt. It was the E Street Band. Cat Stevens gets in. Kiss. So I imagine this amazing list of musicians. And then I think when you have this Rowdy Telez moment, you realize it's like having that Hall of Fame induction in music and then adding Elmo. And Elmo is great. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Elmo is great. He, he sings. He's got a good soundtrack. But Hall of Fame induction, that's another level. So I think we can all relate to that Elmo feeling 
of being <laughs> part of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And so, yes, I, I, I need that. Baseball needs that connection. And so, Rowdy, be Rowdy. Use your name and have a giant dog pile at the end. Celebrate, as we just discussed. Very important. All right, so it's, it's, it's really not like that Hall of Fame thing at all. <laughs> okay, but, but uh, here, here's my position on this. I would say all 115 of these appearances were not all fun, but, uh, you know, as somebody who's been keeping track of this for like 25 years, I think it was definitely more fun when there were like six of these a year than 115 a year. But here's my position. When it gives us moments like the Rowdy Telez moment, I am willing to overlook all the other moments. All right, that's going to do it for this week's show. We'll be bringing you podcast magic just like this all season long on the Athletic Baseball Show, which is available in its entirety, absolutely free, everywhere you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to read any of the tremendous baseball stories that we write in The Athletic every day, including my year-end awards column, which it's amazing, Doug, people agreed with every pick, or not, um, you, you, you can read these by going to theathletic.com slash baseball show. And guess what? If you're a new subscriber, you can still sign up for our best deal, a one-year subscription for just $1 a month. Amazing. But also amazing, remember this, you too can be part of this podcast because every show we pick some fun listener trivia question. Then that lucky listener gets to join us right here and prove once again, there is almost no baseball trivia question we can't get wrong. So how could you do that? Well, you could do what Philip Rios did today. You can email us. If you want to email us, we are at Starkville at theathletic.com. Or you can check out my Facebook fan page. We've gotten some fun questions there this season. Or you can do what most people do. Just X at us on the site. I guess we still feel compelled to say used to be Twitter. So, Doug, tell us again how someone would go about Xing a question at Doug Glanville. Well, I'd like, you know, in this new era of, of Twitter, I'd like to be called uh, Doug Glanville, formerly known as Doug Glanville. So I'm going to just use that X theory. Uh, but you can go at Doug Glanville, the, the same one, D-O-U-G-G-L-A-N-V-I-L-L-E. The artist formerly known as Doug Glanville is here calling himself Doug Glanville. I'm confused, as I often am. Uh, suppose you want to exit me. You can find me at Jason S-T, J-A-Y-S-O-N-S-T. Just remember to hashtag those questions, hashtag Starkville QS. All right, Doug, thanks for playing. Thanks to Ken Rosenthal for visiting us. Thanks to Philip Rios for the great trivia question. Thanks to the mayor of Starkville, Tim McMaster, for producing us and putting up with us. And Doug and I will see you soon. Starkville.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.